One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And, you know, I've never actually thought about why I say hello, the world, or started saying hello, the world at the beginning of this show until just now. I was like, why do we say that? Hmm. What's I the first don't thing know. you said? I know. I think but it just I, uh, came out of your mouth. It just, I just opened my mouth and out it came to quote. Yeah. Uh, waiting for Guffman, the best show of all time. <laughs> <laughs> But hello, the world. We are we are so happy you are here, and yes, um, we're here we're here to talk about murder. And tonight is Sadie's night to talk about murder. And um, to that point, Sadie, what murder are you covering tonight? Oh, I'm uh, this one, man. Uh-huh. I'm covering well, the unsolved below grocery store murders. I thought we had an agreement. I thought we understood mm. each other that mm-hmm. we were moving on from I mean, unsolved we, cases i know you 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 have an agreement with your own self I think, yeah and you hope that i just follow along eventually i'll be able do. to pull you into it or manipulate <laughs> or gaslight i will right. i will figure out a way to get you to stop pulling the shit back all right i know i just the thing that kind of surprises me which shouldn't is how many of these terrible murders are unsolved like yeah. the the bowling alley yep one that we covered and the other like more famous the yogurt shop ones that have been, mm-hmm, the yep. one that happened in, in indiana uh the there's just a murders. bunch no no the I'm what is kidding. it i don't want to say burger king but it's like yeah the I burger know. shop murders or whatever yep. you know like there's just a lot of these cases and then you think that they've all been covered and then all of a sudden something else pops up in my feed or whatever and i'm like the uh, really a grocery store murder yeah i've never ever so, it's the first time those words have ever entered my brain so i am yeah, upset but also I'll, intrigued yeah in the summer of 1993 windsor north carolina was just your typical small town in america with around 4,000 residents it was a very close-knit community and one of the main gathering spots in town was the below grocery store located in the middle of windsor It was a natural place for people to gather or to bump into each other and catch up on the latest small town gossip. And, you know, uh, where I live is much bigger than 4,000 people, but that is still true. Like, if you want to go see people, you go to the grocery store. For sure. Right? Don't even get me started on Al's Grocery in my little town. 
I'm yes. obsessed with it. It's like it's a whole thing. I've I've gotten into fight with fights with people about it on Nextdoor. I'm so dedicated to my little grocery store. Mm-hmm. So everyone believed their town was safe. Nothing too bad usually happened there, but that would all change in the evening hours of Sunday, June sixth, nineteen ninety-three. That night, forty-seven-year-old Grover Lee Cecil, who oh went by Bud, God, oh no, oh no. <laughs> no. I know, Grover Cecil. <sighs> Left for work a little before 6 p.m. He had only been the manager of the below for a few months and was closing the store early that night so a cleaning crew could come in to clean and wax the floors. Bud planned to stay late to oversee the crew and would catch up on his own work while he was there. When he arrived, only one employee was still working, 36-year-old Joyce Reason. Joyce worked as a cashier and was helping the last few customers when Bud came into work that night. He said hello to Joyce, who was a single mom of two daughters who were 11 and 14 at the time. Everyone knew Joyce in town. She was the type of person you couldn't help but like. She had found new love after divorcing the father of her children and was busily planning her wedding for later Mm-mm. that summer. Mm-mm. No, you are, a ba- you are a very bad person for bringing this into our lives, Sadiac. No, I couldn't Ugh. find a lot about the victims, but... That's um, all I need to know. I know, I know. At 6 p.m. after the last customers left, Bud let the four-man cleaning crew come in to start their work. 48-year-old Johnny Rankins Jr., 40-year-old Sylvester Tony Welsh Jr., and brothers, 50-year-old Jasper, and 48-year-old Thomas Hardy. (sighs) You gotta be killing me. I know. Jasper. They came in through the front doors, which were then locked behind them. Bud showed them around, and they got to work. Bud then went to his office, which was towards the back of the store, while Joyce finished up her tasks so she could leave for the night. To anyone looking in from the outside, the store seemed to be running normally, but nothing could be further from the truth, and unbeknownst to those inside, they had an unwelcome guest in the store who planned to do them all great harm. Oh god, that's so scary. I know, I kept thinking about your please leave stories, and this is like... You, you could, I wish that you had wrote this and it was not true, but it's yeah. scary in that yes. sort of level. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem with um, horror is that it's, a lot of it is plausible and right. I've actually kind of stopped, stopped writing stuff that could happen because it scares me too much, my own self. Mm-hmm. And it also just really bums me out. Mm-hmm. Yep. The peaceful night was shattered in Windsor when a 911 call came into police came into the police station just a few minutes before 7 p.m. When the dispatcher answered the call, the man on the other line said, quote, help, I've been shot. When asked where he was shot, the man answered, quote, we're at Belo's. When police arrived at the grocery store, they found the cars and trucks belonging to the employees working that night still in the parking lot. The front doors were locked, and there was still a few supplies from the cleaning crew on the sidewalk they hadn't brought inside yet. Nothing looked amiss from the outside, so deputies called the store to see if anyone from inside would answer. When no one picked up the phone, the police decided to break in to see if anyone needed help. Once inside, they found a horrific scene. Oh, God. Windsor's police chief, Freddie Bowen, later told reporters, quote, Everything was deadly quiet. There was nothing in the store but the hum of the cooler compressors in the background. Uh Uh-uh. 
As they entered, they found Tony Welch bleeding and unconscious. Tony had been the one to call 911 for help, despite being badly injured. As paramedics helped Tony, officers followed the trail of Tony's blood to the back of the store, where they found a, a pile of bleeding bodies. The, the detail of the hum of the coolers is... I know. <sighs> I know. Now I feel like I'm in a Stephen King novel. Exactly. I mean, it's just like you can, f- it's such a visceral, yeah. everybody knows that sound. Yeah. Everybody knows exactly how a grocery store feels, sounds, mm-hmm. looks, smells. Mm-hmm. That's fucking terrifying. Absolutely mm-hmm. terrifying. So Bud, Joyce, and Johnny were all pronounced dead at the scene. Tony and Thomas Hardy were both gravely injured, but still alive and were rushed to the hospital. The brothers, both of them? No, Tony is the one that called Thomas and Jasper are brothers. Okay, got it. So Tony Tony and Thomas were both injured but alive. And miraculously, Thomas's brother Jasper was found physically unharmed, being spared the terrible fate of the others in the store that night. Wow. An autopsy would show that both Bud and Joyce were killed from a single gunshot to their heads. Johnny was killed from a gunshot wound to his back. Tony was also shot by a bullet, but his injuries weren't fatal because the bullet first had to travel through the person who was placed on top of him (gasps) before it could enter his body, softening the blow and allowing him to live. Holy shit. Thomas did not have any gunshot wounds, but instead he suffered a knife wound to his throat and had been stabbed in the back with enough force that the knife blade broke off and was left embedded in his body. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Tony and Thomas survived their wounds, but would spend years physically recovering from their injuries and the rest of their lives dealing with the trauma of what happened that night. Oh, I bet. And obviously, the same can be said for Jasper. <sighs> At the crime scene, authorities found multiple sets of footprints and blood and had to spend hours eliminating the sets of prints that belonged to the EMS workers and others who had arrived to the scene to help. They found bullet casings from the murder weapon, and they were able to recover fingerprints left behind on duct tape that was used to bind the victims before they were shot. They were also able to recover blood samples from someone other than the victims and believed it belonged to the killer who had likely cut themselves with the knife they had used to stab Thomas with. Mm-hmm. Police found the safe in the office to be open and empty. When authorities interviewed the surviving witnesses, they told police that a few minutes after they had arrived at the store, a man holding a gun suddenly came out of his hiding spot and approached Joyce first. Mm-hmm. He was described as a tall, slender, black man between 20 and 30 years old who was calm and collected. He had a 45 caliber handgun and ordered Joyce to call her manager Bud to the front of the store for help. She did as she was told, and once Bud was with them, the gunman ordered the two of them to walk back towards the office. On the way, they gathered the members of the cleaning crew as they found them. Jasper later told police that he looked up when he heard someone coming and saw Joyce and Bud walking towards him with a man following close behind. Both Joyce and Bud had strange looks on their faces. Jasper could then see the man had a gun in Bud's back. Bud told Jasper to, quote, do as he says he means business. 
After gathering five of the six people in the store together, the gunman asked where the last member of the crew was, making it clear he had been watching them from his hiding spot and paying close attention to how many people remained in the store after closing. It's unlikely the gunman was expecting the extra four men Mm -hmm. to be at the store that night, but went ahead with his plan nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And we aren't talking children. These are grown men in their 40s and 50s. Right. Which just the balls of this perpetrator. Yeah. He was on a mission, clearly. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once everyone was gathered in the back of the store, the man made them take turns binding each other with duct tape and dog leashes that he'd grabbed from one of the store shelves. He made, I know, he made Bud open the safe and then tied him up himself. After emptying the safe of $3,000, he ordered three people to lie on the ground and then made the remaining three people lie on top of those already there. Mm Mm-mm. Police believe this is because the gunman only had three bullets and was trying to figure out how to kill six people with so little ammo. Yep. Yep. Fuck. And there's just so many questions. Yeah. It's like, you know, okay, so he didn't have enough bullets, but he was desperate enough or sick enough or whatever to to stalk, to realize that he was outnumbered one to six. Yep. He had three bullets, and he had enough, you know, whatever it takes to follow through and coerce all of these six adults into doing as he said. Right. It's it blows my mind, and this isn't like I'm not. My mind isn't blown that the people didn't do as he said. It's just like, how could you have the balls to do this? Right. When it's so stacked up against you, like he knows the cards in his hands, yeah, and he still goes goes for it. Yeah. I I don't know many people who would think, okay, I'll go ahead. This is a good plan still. Right. right. Versus just backing slowly out of the store and being like, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretending to come out of the bathroom. Oh, sorry. I didn't know the store closed or whatever. Exactly. You know, like leave. Yep. Fuck. So Jasper told police that everyone did as they were told and no one panicked. If anyone said anything or protested in any way, he couldn't remember it. Poor Jasper. He he. There's a pretty lengthy newspaper article where he tells a story, and he was, you know, just like I was so, I was scared out of my mind, and honestly, I don't have many memories of sound at all. You know, like his brain just shut oh, all God, that I out. Bet. Yeah. No. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jasper believed that if they did as they were told, there wouldn't be any reason for the gunman to hurt anyone. Yeah. He would just take what he came for and leave. Absolutely. Yeah, if I was in a grocery store and a guy came in with a gun, I'd be like, okay, well, we're being robbed. That sucks, but no mm-hmm. big deal. We'll just mm-hmm. get this over with and move on with our days. Yeah. 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 And I've never worked in a grocery store, but I've worked in other retail, like big retail places, and they don't. nobody expects you to fight the robber. Absolutely you know, No, you not. just give them the money and... Yeah, you lay down like, on the ground. Do you and need you any let, wait for them to leave? Any meat or anything on your way out? Right. Like, yeah. Please mm-hmm. help yourself. Right. Yes. Yeah. Please just don't kill hurt me. us. Oh my god. The gunman kept telling everyone to stay calm. He also told them they shouldn't bother trying to overpower him because he was a former police officer who had just lost his job and quote had nothing left to lose. Hmm. He repeatedly told them quote I don't want to have to kill anybody. But sadly, this isn't what happened. 
Once everyone was where the gunman wanted them to be, he started shooting. Jasper said he'd never been so scared in his life as he waited for his turn to be shot. He kept his head turned toward the wall and waited. He couldn't bear to look. Mm. Jasper later told reporters, quote, I heard shots, pop, pop, pop. Sometimes there would be a grunt when someone was hit. Oh I just laid there and prayed harder than I've ever prayed in my life. After three shots had been fired, Jasper realized the gunman had run out of bullets. He took the time to roll the bodies off of the ones that were laying on top to see if he'd managed to kill the people lying down below. And then, much to Jasper's relief, the killer walked out of the room. Oh my god. Uh... Jasper desperately wanted to believe this horrible night was over and the man was leaving, but tragically he returned, this time with a large butcher knife. Uh-uh, no. God, no. I know. I was just telling Courtney before we started recording that the last few days I've had a, a real feeling of doom. Yeah, I wonder over why. Me. And now, I, now that I'm saying this out, out loud oh to you all, I realize that, that this is probably my my problem. This story yeah, I, is really intense. Not probably. <laughs> I'm sorry. Very extremely much. This is why you've been feeling that way. This is fucking mm-hmm. extremely scary. Extremely brutal. Okay. Okay. I, I do so much car compartmentalizing when I write these stories that I really hate to detach myself sometimes. And then when I, I'm just realizing sort of how scary the story is. It's extremely scary. So. And I think it's because, I mean, I know it's because there's a survivor, you know, a lot of yeah. the time we're just, we know what happened, but we don't know how it happened. And so mm-hmm. that, that is like, there's a little bit of a, well, a lot of a, sort of degree of removal from the experience of the victim because mm-hmm. you don't have to hear in graphic detail what exactly happened to them to get them to the point that they were dead and in this case mm-hmm. we know exactly what happened mm-hmm. to these poor people and yeah i have a i have a lot of anxiety listening to this i'm sorry I'm it's like sorry. borderline panic anxiety this is terrible okay. i'm sorry no i'm just glad that you found the source of your Impending doom, doom feeling. Yeah. yeah. Oof. So Jasper still couldn't bring himself to watch what was happening, but heard the man ask his brother, his brother, Thomas, uh-uh. if he would identify him. Oh Thomas God. said no, but the killer screamed, I don't believe you, and then attacked Thomas with the knife. Oh my God. Jasper could hear a struggle and his brother scream as he was stabbed. Oh my God. After the knife broke and was useless to the killer, he moved on to Jasper. He made Jasper look at him and then asked him the same question. Will you identify me? Jasper swore he wouldn't and begged the man not to hurt him. And much to his surprise, the man agreed not to harm Jasper. What? He grabbed his bag of money, threw the broken knife handle inside, and took off, leaving for good this time. What is happening? No. That is sadistic. That is so sadistic. Mm -hmm so so much like the there's just no point no like what's that's the intentional point? If you're gonna that's fucked up yeah he intended to like you're not yeah him. you're not just going to know knowingly leave one no victim alive yeah yep. for no reason no like that's so planned and terrifying mm-hmm. it's like pretty much the scariest thing i've ever heard in my life yep 
Tony, who had been shot by a bullet that had first traveled through the person on top of him, managed to loosen the duct tape around his hands and feet and then crawled through the store to call 911. Mm-hmm. The call came in at 6.56 p.m., only one hour after the store had closed. Jasper told reporters that he was grateful to be alive, but now lived in constant fear that the killer would find him and his wife. He couldn't live in peace, knowing that it was possible for the gunman to finish the job he had started. No doubt. The grocery store did have a surveillance system, but it hadn't been working. It was not on the night of the killings, of course. (laughs) Witnesses came forward and told authorities they saw a white sedan with a man sitting behind the wheel in the parking lot at the time of the murders. And someone else came forward and said that they saw the same white sedan speeding out of town. They could tell that there were two men in the car and said it had Maryland state plates. No one else in the area that night saw or heard anything out of the ordinary. I mean, like people who lived right next door to the grocery store didn't hear anything, didn't wow. see anything. Um, police put together a composite sketch of their suspect with the help of the surviving witnesses and wanted posters were plastered all over town. The sketch showed the profile of a man with a very distinctive forehead and nose. And it's like very distinctive. It almost Uh reminds me of, it's not, it's kind of like a Mike, it looks like, he looks like a boxer, like almost like Mike Tyson or, um, and obviously I'll post pictures, but just a super slanted, kind of almost like a pointy head, slanted forehead that kind of goes straight into this really crooked, slanty nose. It's just very distinctive. Yep. Those who saw the killer said it looked like his nose had been broken in the past. Let's say so probably broken. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was described as a black male with medium complexion and a slender build, around six foot to six foot two, weighing 175 to 200 pounds with a military style haircut. Police looked into the possibility the killer had been a cop who'd lost his job based on what he was telling his victims, yep. but they weren't able to connect him with anyone who fit that description. It also didn't make sense to detectives that a police officer would plan to commit a crime and only have three bullets in his gun. Yeah, good point. Those who work in law enforcement are trained to always have an extra ammo magazine loaded and ready to go. They would never commit a crime like this with so few bullets. The town of Windsor pulled together a $30,000 reward for information leading to the killer and tips poured in, but none of them led to the man responsible for these terrible crimes. Fuck. The DNA and fingerprints left at the scene didn't provide any matches either. This is early, early DNA, 1993. Yeah, um, very early. Right. So, And I also assume that the blood, any samples they found were very contaminated. Mm-hmm. You know, it just sounds like it was an incredibly bloody scene with so many different victims. And so I, I haven't, I couldn't find any updates about whether they've tried to test the DNA again. Right. But I'm assuming they have. I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like this is something that they're just like, oh, well, it happened. You know, I think the town no doubt was right. destroyed by this. Right. And so I just, I, there haven't been any updates. So I'm assuming there were there haven't been matches made since then, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. When you have EMS coming in just to like do the best they can to save these poor people and try to s- decipher and understand what is going on and that being the first priority versus securing a crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. Plus it's and 1993 I heard, I and you don't really know how to properly probably preserve something for DNA. And so at that point, you're right. just getting lucky that if you collected samples well enough in 20, 30, 40 years, you would be able to use them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they, the articles I read about, they, like during 
anniversaries of the murder, the police chief's always like, hey, there's like six of us on this force and we did the best we could. And the FBI came in and the yeah. you know, North Carolina state police came in and, you know, but he's just like, I don't know. <laughs> we tried. Oh Can you imagine a city of 4,000 no. people? The town we grew no. up in was like... I mean, it's like, like Trafalgar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. It's, Probably a little less than that. If we but had police, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. M- maybe two of them, right? You know, you have the sheriff's department, but yeah, it's yeah. Um, and I'm not, you know, we're not hugest fans of police, obviously, but like yeah. I think in this case, it it is sort of like what what do you do? They they paid the town paid three hundred dollars to have the satellite company scan to see if there were any satellites overhead at the time of the murders oh to see if God. they could get any pictures right. of the parking lot or up close picture like they really tried to do what they could and nothing there were no cell phones you know it's just really limited unfortunately and, you know to be clear i don't think that all individual people working in law enforcement are bad people i think they are working in an incredibly corrupt and dangerous system that right we as a society are enabling yeah i do think mm-hmm. especially in small towns you know you're not there to necessarily like terrorize your community because you're the only person for the job because there aren't enough people in your town to yeah or you're not trained for a triple homicide no uh, three other victims like in your grocery store it just it's no i think people in mid-sized cities are not prepared for that let alone i don't think anybody's prepared for that shit no so fbi profilers put together a profile of the killer hoping it might help They described the suspect as someone who had very likely been in prison for a serious felony in the past. While in prison, he would have been a model inmate, cooperative, and non-confrontational. They said it was likely he was a high-ranking member of a church group or possibly even a cult. He would be very charismatic, able to manipulate those around him, and would have almost certainly killed before. Uh And it's funny when... I, did, I wouldn't have thought about a church group or a cult leader, but it really does make sense how you, he could come in with so much confidence and calmness. And yeah, like they, they were able to assess these six adults, assess the situation, decided he wasn't that much of a threat that they would be better off to do, as he said, it could because he wasn't going to hurt them. I do believe they thought yep. that yep. Oh, even to the point of like getting bound, lying on top of each other and just hoping for the best until and it was obviously too late. Once again, that is so infinitely more scary that mm-hmm. just added a whole other level of scary. Like we're already mm-hmm. at max like level 27 mm-hmm. scary and you just took us to 160 scary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm understanding maybe why this case isn't covered very often by other podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so sorry. I still need to sleep at night, so oh I need God. to be a little discerning. I'm sure, well, like, Obscura and- or somebody has covered it because he, oof, man, that guy, his capacity to go there is go, second yeah. to none. Yeah. I Trace can't. Evidence covered it, and it seemed pretty in depth. I didn't re- listen. I don't listen to the podcast that cover stories just because I don't want to accidentally take from them on, yeah. you know, like, yep. uh, without realizing what I'm doing. But I know that he covered it. Um, yeah. But otherwise, not all. I think Ugh. there's a couple other smaller podcasts, but Trace Evidence was the main one, the bigger one that covered it. Well, Obscura, if you're listening, this one seems right up your alley. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of details that I left out you could add if you wanted to yeah. do what you do. 
That's another podcast. Speaking of podcasts that um, I, and I'm not even going to start naming episodes because there are too many. It's a great podcast, but holy shit. I think mm-hmm. I've just blocked it out of my mind. There are some episodes of that that are unlistenable. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. honestly surprised, and this is not a knock on him. I think he is brave to cover the cases that he covers. I think that would take an incredible amount of compartmentalization at a minimum, mm-hmm. but... I, I'm surprised that a lot of the things that he's been able to post are, is legal to mm-hmm. broadcast because it it's get so removed. awful. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And again, that is a compliment, not a, I don't think he's, I think he's doing an amazing job. But right. Be careful. Tread lightly over there, you guys. It is mm-hmm. not for the faint of heart. Mm-mm. So FBI profilers said it was likely the killer had talked about his crimes with those he was closest to, but they were likely too afraid of this man to ever come forward. Yeah. Too afraid, too under his control. Yep. Knowing it was likely their suspect had committed crimes like these before, authorities took a closer look at similar murder cases that had happened around the same time as the Belo murders. Mm-hmm. On May 30th, 1993, just 20 miles south of Windsor in Beargrass, North Carolina, 65-year-old Audrey Leggett was working her shift at Cherry's Cupboard. No. A local convenience store in the area. Nope. Yeah. And this is like six days, seven days before the Below murders. Wow. Yeah. Her po- <laughs> Guys, her boss, Jerry Cherry... <laughs> I'm, I can't do it anymore. I know. I am not capable of this. It's okay. Jerry Ch- Jerry Cherry is okay. Jerry Cherry did not get killed. Oh my God. I don't know if Jerry is a woman or a man either. So I, I say he in this, but it could be she. And I apologize. Jerry I, Cherry. I couldn't find. Is it Jerry Cherry. <laughs> Jerry Cherry is an angel. That's the only explanation for that name. I know. Jerry Cherry of Cherry's Cupboard. Really? Oh my God. Oh my God. In Beargrass, North Carolina. No. Like, give me a break, I you guys. I can't do it. I, I'm deceased. Um, I'm retired. Yeah. Yes. So Jerry Cherry had spent the morning working with Audrey until the first rush of the day was over. He then left Audrey alone to run errands. Later that morning, Audrey's daughter called the store to talk to her mom and said that while they were on the phone, Audrey told her to hold on. A customer had just come in. Mm-mm. After waiting a few minutes, Audrey's daughter said her mom never came back to the phone, so she hung up. A short time later, a customer shopping at Cherry's noticed the cashier wasn't around and went through the shop to see if they could find someone. Tragically, they found Audrey dead in the shop's cooler. Mm-hmm. She had been shot multiple times with a twenty-two caliber handgun. Oh my God. The killer stole $200 from the store and then fled. No one witnessed the crime or saw anything unusual, and no forensic evidence was left behind that led to a suspect. And then six days later, three people were killed in a very similar way in Windsor. Holy shit. Unfortunately, if Audrey's case was connected to the Below murders, it wasn't going to offer authorities anything to go on. Her case remains unsolved to this day. Another similar case happened three months after Bud, Joyce, and Johnny were killed. Mm-mm. This time in Raleigh, in Raleigh, North Carolina, which is 120 miles west of Windsor. At 10.30 p.m. on September 19, 1993, Chris Ray pulled into the parking lot of the Food Lion grocery store to pick up her husband, John, after work. 
John was usually waiting for her out front of the store, but on this night he wasn't anywhere to be found. She waited a few minutes, but when he still didn't come out, she knocked on the front door to let him know that she was there, but didn't get an answer, so she walked around to the back and rang the delivery buzzer, but still John didn't come out to see her. At this point, Chris was worried and called 911. When officers arrived at the scene, they also found the doors locked. They could see through the front windows that all the cash registers were open and money was strewn across the floor. They could also see the safe was open and empty. When officers searched the store, they found the bodies of 20-year-old Michael True Love and 27-year-old John Ray. Michael had been shot to death at the rear of the store. John had also been shot to death, but was found in the meat locker. The killer stole a total of $2,300. There was no sign of forced entry, leading police to believe that someone had been hiding in the store at closing time and attacked the two men after the store had been locked up for the night. I don't like that part. I don't like it. God. Mm -hmm. Luckily for Raleigh police, they were able to pinpoint their suspects right away and made an arrest just seven days after Mike and John were killed. Two brothers, Robert and Elmer McNeil, were arrested and charged for the killings. Robert had worked at the Food Lion where the murders took place, and evidence showed that he and his brother had planned the robbery. Mm. Although the evidence was mostly circumstantial, they were both found guilty of murder and sentenced to life in prison. I didn't get into all the details of the case, but Elmer was sentenced to death and then was his sentence was changed and it sounds like most of what they base their guilt on is a confession of a third brother and that confession is a little murky like it's not Uh real clear Uh and again i didn't get in i didn't have time to get into all the details but it's likely that these are the correct people but it's also could be that they have been falsely accused right uh uh, convicted because what a fucking coincidence that Mm mm-hmm a bunch of other creepy grocery store murders happened at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and I guess it is possible that these brothers saw that in the newspaper and were like, well, shit, we could do, I work at a, the food lion. Like it would be easy to, to do that and get away with it. Right. I don't know. Right. When all was said and done, these two cases don't look to be connected. If the McDeal brothers who were white were the ones to kill John and Mike, they couldn't also be the ones who were responsible for the below murders because the suspect they were looking for was black. Right. And the last possible case that might be connected to the Bulo murders, it's almost done. This one's not so bad. Happened a year later and 34 miles west of Windsor at another Bulo location in Hertford, North Carolina. On May 10th, 1994, the manager of the grocery store, whose name was Dwight Gilliam, I know, these names, was closing up when a man came out of hiding, wearing a ski mask and holding a, quote, large automatic handgun. Dwight would later say that as soon as he saw the man, he immediately thought of the murders in Windsor and believed he was in big trouble. I bet. After stealing all the money in the store, the man then bound Dwight with duct tape and dog leashes. (sighs) Once he was securely bound, the man left as quickly as he came. Wild. Dwight never saw the suspect's face, but described him as, quote, a stocky black man, about six foot tall. Uh-huh. No one has ever been arrested for the armed robbery in Hertford, and no evidence has been found to connect the two cases. Uh-huh. 
It's possible it was a copycat who wanted money, but didn't want to kill anyone. And it's also possible it was the same person, but for whatever reason, he decided to spare Dwight's life that night. So despite a huge investigation and thousands of tips, 30 years have passed since the terrible June night. The case was covered by America's Most Wanted, and the people of Windsor did all they could to keep the case in the minds of people across the country, but nothing has led to those responsible. If police have done any new DNA testing or fingerprint comparisons, they haven't talked about it. You can find blurbs in the newspaper archives on most yearly anniversaries, but there haven't been any breaks in the case. No suspects have ever been named publicly and no persons of interest identified. In an article about the 25th anniversary of the murders, retired SBI special agent Dwight Ransom told reporters, quote, it's still the worst crime scene I dealt with in my 30 years as an agent. Plus, this crime happened only six blocks from my house. Yeah. It happened in my town, so it's personal to me. I ride by that location every day while out exercising on my bike. I still think about that night and then all the effort we put in trying to find the person responsible for this horrific crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also read that the grocery store tried to reopen pretty soon after the murders and lasted for about six weeks before they closed. Oh, like nobody God. would go in. I bet. Yeah. I mean, how could you? I how could you? Can't I can't know. Absolutely. No. Sadly, Sylvester Tony Welsh, who survived the attack and crawled to the nearest phone to call 911, died of cancer in 2005. Mm. There is still a $30,000 reward available for information that leads to the arrest and conviction of the killer. Information can be shared anonymously with law enforcement by calling the Windsor Police Department at 252-794-3111 or the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation at 800-334-3000. Oh my god. And that, my loves, is the awful story of the below grocery store. I can't do that. That's so crazy. That is so crazy. I understand why you covered that one. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Why? That is... uh, Why? Why? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I hate it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. I mean, it feels like seven kind of thing. Like it feels like a, I mean, the mention of the cult thing just threw me and I'm probably Mm -hmm. just pulling too much from that. But, you know, what is this? Some kind of weird vigilante shit, you know, some sort of delusional mission. It just doesn't make any sense. And how did he get away with it? Like, how did, you know, like, where did they go from there? Yeah, the only explanation would be that they were from somewhere far away and would just were on like a spree, you know, just driving around and terrorizing people who worked in grocery stores. Mm -hmm. But just kept going. But you'd think that they would just keep going and keep going and keep going. You know, maybe he got arrested. Maybe he's dead. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Like, why? Why? Holy shit. For so little money. Not a lot of money and just Ugh. like out out to terrorize and kill people. I just... 
and just leave the one guy alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, no. I am. So, that is. Uh-uh. I'm so sorry for those people. What an no. awful thing I'm to. I'm sorry I didn't through. have more details to share. I mean, I think we all get the picture, but I'm sorry for their families and for those that, oh, that might still be alive and the, re- the, the remaining victims. Mm-hmm. are not young anymore you know that they were in their 50s and 93 you know so i just hope they were able to live in with some peace i know, you know jasper just not i hope he didn't have to live his the whole rest of his life looking behind his shoulder but i bet he did i, would. I can't no i know i know that is just too scary i don't want that in my body in my brain in my mm-hmm. fucking physiology you know i don't want to carry something like that around because Mm-mm. What an awful thing to have to encounter. What an awful, like, reality. And it's weird that the rest of us are able to... I'm just going to use the word compartmentalize for the 400th time this episode, but... (laughs) Just, like, walk around in this world and know that that exists. Know that just raw, unfiltered evil like that exists. And that we're all just sort of lucky, you know? (laughs) Like, and just... It could it could just show up, and that's so scary. That sucks. And what is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it? Why does it exist? I'm assuming yeah. my hippie brain wants to assume that it's karmic balance shit, but also, really? Like, really? We couldn't have just made us all sort of grumpy or emotional, and that should be enough right. for us to, you know, like, you have to... <laughs> true evil has to exist come on Mm -hmm. no it's not enough to just like have to deal with cancer right like childhood diseases or you know like yes yeah no no that's sufficient no mm -hmm. we don't need to know that there are men out there who will just hide and wait in a grocery store and then terrorize people and leave someone alive in a Mm -hmm. in a fucked up manner like i don't need to Mm -hmm. know that and mm-hmm. I think that would be the thing that would scare me the most, honestly, like versus watching these people, including my brother die. I think that the reality, like the knowledge that I was left alive for some reason, I don't like that. Mm-mm. I wouldn't like that. Like the survivor's guilt alone, but then also just the wondering why, like, and knowing that it was not because he was a good person or like, offered some mercy in that moment you know he did it to fuck mm-hmm. with him to make it yep. that much worse for him yeah nope. so great I'll well put know. that at the top of the list we can kind of mark delphi off so we'll just slide that one right on into the slot mm-hmm. that delphi um uh, mm-hmm. uh, was in because jesus we want we have to know yeah we must right? know yeah i know i haven't read into the or i haven't read the probable cause affidavit for the delphi murders but i was walking down the sidewalk the other night our town had like a holiday christmas light parade or whatever i ran into my neighbor who they both (laughs) listened to the podcast and um my neighbor i was like hey guys how how's life or whatever and he he jumps right in did you read the probable cause affidavit right and I was like, uh, no, I haven't read it yet. He was like, let, you know, let me tell you. He gave me the whole breakdown. He's like, I think it's bull. I don't know. It doesn't look good, Sadie. It doesn't look good. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, just, you know, the evidence doesn't really stack up against the guy. And I was like, really? He was like, no, nah, I think they, you know, they're, they're yeah. twisting things around to make it fit. And I was like, well, shit, don't tell me that. 
And he's like, I yeah, know. I read it. Okay. And then he had to leave. And I was like, bye, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, this is, I like how this is my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, Becky, our listener and now contributor to Please Leave, um, she and I messaged frequently about the podcast, but she messaged me the other day. It was like, have you read it? And I'm just so busy right now. Like, I'm really trying to... Mm-hmm get ahead on the on my other podcast which is takes a lot of work but um so i've just been doing that non-stop and, and you know the, my day job and life and laura was out of town mm-hmm. last week blah 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 so um i uh i i think it it is not a cut and dry thing it's not at all right i mean it does seem compelling uh his actions are questionable um but it's also you know, it's just one of those things where you wonder if, and I don't know, weirdly, I don't know much about the case, which is really weird because it's so close. I live, you know, like an hour from Delphi, but. Mm-hmm. Well, they so kept, kind of they my, kept kind of my most hometown. all of the details that quiet. Right. We don't really know what happened. Right. Yet. But it does seem like maybe they didn't do the best job right out of the gate. And then the case mm-hmm. got extremely famous. And so maybe there's a little bit of a backtracking kind of a mm-hmm. thing going on or, you know, pressure from web sleuths and just the general, mm-hmm. you know, popularity of the case has made them have to sort of relook at things that they didn't look at in the beginning. But it's, yeah, it's not. It, it seems like if it was as clean cut, clear cut as they're making it seem now, he would have been arrested right away. You That's know, what I he mean. had admitted early on that he was there. Like he came forward and said, "Yeah, I was on that bridge at I was that on time." That bridge. Right. You know, at this, and I live just three miles away or whatever. And right. Um, but the car that was seen doesn't match his car, and you know, yeah. just yeah. So anyway, I still haven't read it. I do, but why do I need to if I have lovely neighbors who will just fill me well, in on the details? And TikTok, right? and yeah, listener right. friends who <laughs> will message you and give you the cliff's notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so. ugh, it's just one of those infuriating cases. It's so infuriating. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we'll ever, all of us, you know, unless somebody just comes forward and says, listen, my husband did it and I'm too scared. I've been too scared to say it or something along mm-hmm. those lines, you know, like real actual eyewitness account or proper evidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it just might be a big fat fucking ball of frustration for the rest mm-hmm. of time. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what comes out in during trial. Yeah. Me, me too, very much so, mm-hmm. because it does feel like, yeah, either there's stuff that they're just not releasing, which makes sense, or um, it's just a shitty case. It's a shady, shaky mm-hmm. case, and they just have to, like, go somewhere with it because the public pressure to do so is so massive. Right. I can't imagine. No. You know, it's, like, the biggest it, case that's happened since. Yeah. It's, like, almost Jean Another Benet. big case. Yeah, right? Gabby Petito. It's, like, almost that big and for good reason um speaking of which i was talking to sadie before we started this about i watched the casey anthony docuseries and um i'm very interested to talk to somebody about it other than my wife but um (laughs) it's very compelling it is very biased very 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 biased i will say that and i don't know if i'm just being easily manipulated but it is a very compelling case against uh not her (laughs) i mean her she's complicit in a lot of ways but it does it does uh bring up a lot of points a lot of things that were very much uh, overlooked and under investigated and 
frankly not believed around that time Mm -hmm. and the way the media portrays things and specifically women and specifically like deeply traumatized women is interesting regardless of the actual truth i think that they bring up a lot of points that are important points to bring up and so please if anybody's watched it can we talk about it and sadie said she'll watch Um, it we can talk about it so no we should i'll watch it this week you guys watch it this week and then we'll talk about it next episode yeah tell us what you think about it yeah i think that uh sadie is a little bit more skeptical than I tend to be. I tend to like jump into things like feet first, you know, so I'd be interested to see what you say, but I was very much (laughs) watching it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it seems like such a liar. She is. It's hard. It's I know. And it's just so I don't, I'm going to watch, I'll watch it. I just like, I will fully go in knowing that I think she just lies. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to, we can't trust her. You can't trust what she says. I don't trust a show she put together, you know, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. On Peacock of all fucking things. But um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, watch it. I, I was surprised because I mean, of all the cases of all time ever, I think that's the one case where we were all like, wow, what a miscarriage of justice because it so black and white in all of our minds, mm-hmm. like the way it was presented in the media. And honestly, mm-hmm. you know, is still like, it's not not true, you know. A lot of what they said was not not true, but to learn what's behind it and to like mm-hmm. have a deeper understanding into that of that, um, yeah, it's interesting. And knowing what we know now about mental health and trauma and all these things that come into play, it wasn't something that that we were prepared at that time to accept. But I think that it's well timed um, as a nation and you know, community of people who are really invested in believing people and understanding like truly how much trauma affects our brains and our actions and how manipulation and gaslighting and all these things can come and like just really turn somebody into kind of a puppet. It's interesting. It's very, very, Mm -hmm. very interesting. So I won't say any more because again, I don't want to be too biased, but it, it certainly it it helps to watch it it's wild i mean it's wild it's sort of like okay you know it's it's interesting to go into something with such a preconceived idea and come away and be like holy shit wow fuck that guy (laughs) (laughs) well let's Uh, we'll 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 circle back around next week don't forget everybody we'll i'll watch it awesome but right now um, i'm watching euphoria and so i've got like two episodes left that i'll probably finish today and then i'll yes. be free I'll, my schedule has been freed up yeah um but i have to go pick up my little one here soon for preschool so we should uh do you have any names i sadie i have so many names and i'm like hesitant to wait on any of these names because there's already so many Oh no, uh-huh. what do we do? What time do you how much time do you have? No, we've got time. We have time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, so we will cruise through like probably half of these names and we'll do some shouty outies and then we'll get the fuck out of here. It's name time. Um last name Woolcock. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Billy Button Lane. Billy Button Lane. Oh, God. Folly Nook Lane. (laughs) Scrooby. (laughs) 
<laughs> what is Scrooby? It's the name of a town, home of oh. William Brewster Pilgrim's father. I'm not entirely sure what? who William Brewster Pilgrim Scrooby. is. Scrooby. Scrooby. Where does Scrooby live? What ta- what state? What country? Uh, I can't remember. This is uh, not the United States. Sorry. This okay. is not the United States. Yes. Because <laughs> down below, one of the names um, in parentheses says estate agents. So that's my okay. clue that mm-hmm. this is not mm-hmm. a list from this the United States. This is not States. an American listener. No. Correct. Okay. Gibbet Hill Lane. And it says, please look at this link for the entire revolting story about how a murderer was left hanging there for 67 years. Oh, my God. Gibbet Hill Lane does not forget. They hold a grudge, you guys. Holy shit. Look out. Uh, Gaylord Manor. Yes, of course. Cock Hill Lane. 100%. Warning Tongue Lane. What? (laughs) Warning Tongue? Warning Tongue Lane. Is that next to Gibbet? lane warning gibbet hill lane yeah they warned you Mm. and you didn't listen so they left you hanging there for 67 years i saw an instagram like screenshot or whatever that some kid sued his parents for two hundred fifty thousand dollars for naming him gaylord (laughs) (laughs) like a no kid that's an amazing name b no you don't i mean yes we love to sue people good for you yes (laughs) i didn't see if he won or lost his his uh, suit. His suit. <laughs> suit for damages, guys. That was a rough go. I, I mean, there's not. Yeah. There's something to it. You name your kid Gaylord and they are, you are better. They right. better be a well, fucking. He, they named him Gaylord and then he was born a bro. Like he looks like a total bro. Oh my God. So yeah, you're going to get sued by your kid that you named Gaylord. <laughs> not, yes. Does yeah. not fit. I name. love the name, but I, you, I know exactly the ramifications of naming a child mm-hmm. Gaylord. I, mm-hmm. you know it's not mm-hmm. up to me it's up to the world and the world right. is cruel <laughs> anywho uh mary weathers is the estate agents oh uh they said on the side note william brewster had children called jonathan brewster and then some poor john with a basic name because followed by that was patience brewster who married and became patience prince fear oh, brewster God. Love Brewster, Brewster, and Wrestling Brewster. <laughs> um, okay, Edward the Second Duke of York wrote down one thousand and one hundred and twenty-six quote suitable dog names. I'm just going to cruise through these real fast. So hang on for your fucking dear life. Nose wise, garlic with a K, snack with an E, snacky. <laughs> Welly Foundy. <laughs> Pretty Man with one T. Gaylard. There you go. Gaylard with an E at the end. Norman. All right. Okay. Filth with an E. Oh. Salmon. Sinful. S Y N F U L L. Wow. Have Good Day. All one word. <laughs> nice. Spelled N I S E. Naughty. Spelled N O T Y. <laughs> Grimboldy, <laughs> child with an E, Coke, <laughs> stick fast, S T Y K E F A S T, yep, Tully Molly, Honey Ball, Crampet, <laughs> Argument, Bony Fonte, <laughs> my personal favorite and the future name of my dog, which Laura will never allow, Strange. <laughs> S T 
S-T-R-A-W-N-G-E. Strong. <laughs> My God. Totally. Oh, my there God. is I... a Dr. Joseph something. There is a fifth grade teacher who should also sue for damages named Mrs. Butts. She should sue her own <laughs> self for damages for keeping the name Mrs. Butts as a fifth grade teacher. Uh, Olivia Wilde was originally Olivia Cockburn. And our listener who sent that one is pregnant. And I said that Courtney Sadie Pancake Cockburn has a nice ring to it. Um, yes. For yeah, I was just pulling up that message and she- she said, I just found out I'm pregnant. And I feel like choosing a name has never been more important than it is now. <laughs> yes. You're, we are watching. <laughs> well, Courtney is a boy's or girl's name. So you're welcome. You can, it, it works either way. Yeah. Uh, and Sadie's the type of name where you get a, I don't know what I got, a Starbucks coffee or something. And I told her my name and she's like, ooh, yes. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah. Want, well, and give Esther, that to your kids. Esther which is one of my favorite names, my friend Esther, uh-huh. uh, somehow it came up that she texted me, I wish your name was Sadie. I love the name Sadie. And I wish your name was Sadie instead of your sister. Uh. <laughs> I said, I don't disagree with you. And then I also was like, and my mo- our mother texted me at like 9.30 my time last night, which is 10.30 her time and said, can I call you with a name? And said, your your name, and I think I mentioned this recently, your name was supposed to be Zebulon Walker Eck. If I was a boy, my name was going to be mm-hmm. Zebulon Walker Eck, and they would have called me Zeb Eck. And then she started to tell me, like, I didn't already know the name that I was also going to be as a girl. I was named after a three-year-old child who died of <laughs> spina bifida, you guys. Ugh. If it's we were laughing so hard because I was like, Mom, no wonder I'm obsessed with horror and true crime. I'm a literal yeah. ghost. <laughs> and I had just been telling Esther this story about how I'm named after Erica Courtney and Erica Eck was too rhymy rhymy, and so I'm Courtney Eck because a girl died and my mom was her nurse and she was a great little cute child, and so my mother named me after a dead girl and it Everything makes sense. As makes a sense now, right? Yes. <laughs> I love how Esther's like. I wish you had a, your sister. Uh, she legitimately <laughs> texted me. I wish your name was Sadie. Oh I like God. it better. That's and I was like, so me funny. too. <laughs> Everyone does, Esther. Everyone. Oh, um. Okay. Couple more. Uh, someone says I do ger- German lessons every week and saw a great name in my activity book. Karsten Martini. <laughs> <laughs> that is an amazing name it's amazing well and it's just like a made-up name you know to like right? in a german karsten, karsten martini karsten martini it wants to ask for a menu oh my god there's a producer on a bbc show about long hikes and walks called c and boobier <laughs> or Sean, I'm sure it's Sean, but Sean Boobier. Sean Boobier. How do you say it? S-I-A-N? Is that Sean? Sian? I, I don't know. I, I think so. I don't know. I'm American. I don't know. Who cares? No. No, I'm I kidding. I, I do care. I, do. I cared very much, but I, my brain doesn't care. My brain's like, nah, we're not, not doing it. Like, uh-uh. All right. Um, by the time you're 43, you know what you are and are not capable mm-hmm. of. And just pronouncing <laughs> that name is something I'm not capable of. Um, right. Oh, uh, I forgot. Someone said, I forgot so long to tell you my cousin's name. You mentioned a Barry on today's Patreon, triggering my memory. She's legit and legally from birth named Razzie Barry. 
<laughs> Fucking hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> Razzyberry. <laughs> okay. Um, there's an orthopedic ur- surgeon in England named Dr. Hopgood. <laughs> there's a realtor named Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a VO artist that, uh, responded to an audition. Her name was Katie Wetch. I was like, fuck Whoa. yeah, man, you are a villain and I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. did you know that T, the T and T pain stands for Tallahassee? So his full name is oh. Tallahassee pain. Yep. I had no idea. Um, there's a road in someone's town, which is far, far away. Oh, <laughs> cute. Oh, there's another salon, Curl Up and Die. I love that one. God, you sickos. <laughs> um, okay, where did, Oh, no, we're almost done. I'm just going to finish them up. Dildo is in town in Newfoundland, Canada. <laughs> Great. Like, most charming place in the planet. Dildo. There are a couple of uh, hyphenated names. Wang Holder and Gross Panty. <laughs> <laughs> And that's it. That's all of them, you guys. Oh, Thank that's you a so good list. That's much. a good list. Thank I was so hanging much. out with some friends over the weekend and um, getting to know a new friend, like you do. And um, she, her last name right now is Funkhauser, which is amazing. Yeah. And I can't remember her maiden name was just as amazing. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh yeah, my mom's maiden name was Cash Dollar." <laughs> and I was oh. like, "Shut your mouth!" Holy <laughs> shit. I, I also saw that great TikTok. I've seen it a couple of times that the way we save names in our phones is going to be, it's like the new generation of making surnames where it's like, you know, Evie, girl from Delhi and shit like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, I just saved Bob. a... a- yeah. I just saved a number in my phone for Martin, the bottle guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jerry, Dan's realtor or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kevin fix it all. Oh, all yeah. 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 I have a lot of like mom names, mom, so-and-so's son. Yes. Not, like, no. yes. So this, so-and-so, yeah. So-and-so's yeah. mom is what I mean. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. It's like Handmaid's Tale <laughs> shit. Right. Of, of, of Evan. Oh, well, let's real quick do a couple shouty outies, yeah. and then yes, I gotta yes. go. Yeah, same. Gotta go. So we're starting out strong. Thank you so much to Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. You know what, Rachel? If I were you, you know what I would do? I would start a business. I would call it, all caps, Rachel. What would I sell in there? Well, anything you could possibly need in your life. You just go into Rachel, and what do you want to buy? Well, I could use a little boost of confidence. Great, right this way. Come to aisle two. <laughs> Chocked fucking full of confidence. How about a, you know, inner light? Sure, we've got that fucking overstock of that. It's on sale now because we have so much of it, as a matter of fact. What about um, talent and charisma? Sure, yeah, f- absolutely. It's, buy one, be, it's a BOGO on talent and charisma right now. <laughs> buy one, get one. So help yourself because uh, too much of that. Well, also, how about um, success and uh, ambition and humbleness at the same time? Yeah, it's a pack. It's a, like a grab bag when you, it's like $7 <laughs> for everything in the bag. That's what uh-huh. you're getting in there. Okay, yes. fantastic. Um, it's like a liquidation sale all the time at Rachel, just because she's got so much <laughs> of all of it that everything must go. Get it out yeah. of here. She has it in spades and then some. 
Whoa. with the guy out front. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. The car guy from Nope. <laughs> yeah, man. Woo, woo, woo. If you and, haven't seen Nope, uh, that, this is... I'm talking about the wiggle guys that blow the air through them. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Uh, and I feel like this. these are our patrons who've recently joined or joined in September. We're still back in September. For those right. of you who don't know what we're doing. Right. right. Yeah, we're not just naming names and then making skits about them <laughs> we shout out the people who support us that's right via patreon thank you for clarifying <laughs> that would be a jarring transition if you are very new to the podcast um and i just clicked on this one to see if i have a name and a, a real name but i don't uh but thank you so much to Asare ceramics oh great beautiful e-s-s-a-r-a-i ceramics well Do you need listen ceramics? everybody go there yeah i'm pretty sure rachel sells them at her store because asari ceramics are exquisite beautiful perfectly crafted uh inspired uh utilitarian and aesthetically gorgeous uh -hmm. you know in uh fucking inspirational and aspirational so you see them and you want them and you also want to do do something as beautiful as that and you can make them yeah um and what can you put in an Asari ceramic? You can put soup. You can put berries, candy, um, coffee, coffee. You can crackers. also put, yeah, all your <laughs> hopes and dreams. Whisper them into Asari ceramics, and guess what? They will come true. Every single last motherfucking one of them. Cry your tears into them. You'll feel better. Uh, scream your frustrations into them. You'll feel better. Uh, picture laugh in there. Like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Comes back to you tenfold every fucking time. I'm picturing like the sweetest little teacup or something. <laughs> <laughs> Probably feels really good. I'm going to go try it. You know, everybody, go online, asariceramics.com backslash grief teacup and get yours today. You'll feel a lot better. Yeah. Thank you, Sorry Ceramics, not only yes. for supporting us on Patreon, but giving us all vessels to project <laughs> our hopes, dreams, fears, love, and ambitions into, and then yes. fucking reflecting that shit right on back, because you are capable of that. You're amazing. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> and I think this has to be last but not least, unfortunately. Great. That's all right. Thank you so much to Alexander E. Okay, so that was part of the conversation with our uh, patron or our listener who is pregnant. She said that she wanted to name her child. I think it was like Alexander, you know, Tidious or something like that. And I was like, <laughs> well, the thing about and the, her, her fiance or partner was like, um, no. And I was like, you know, to their credit, if you name a kid that, if you name a kid Alexander, they're going to have to lead a nation in battle because uh-huh. that That's we believe so in badass. names. We celebrate names where people fulfill their destiny. And if your name is right. Alexander, you are leading a fucking nation to battle. You are bravehearting up on a hill, you know, with an undersized underdog army and you're fucking winning, Alexander would be an army of 300 against a fucking nation of thousands and yes win come out on top 100 persevere i don't want to say um like dominate because i don't feel like alexander has you know it's like alexander the great heart of gold like the lion king or whatever the lion's heart <laughs> right <laughs> not simba <laughs> but you know the lion hearted the great you would be a great leader and warrior and bat lead the nation to battle and win so 
Do yeah, it. maybe maybe a listener. Whoa, you should Whoa. <laughs> name your child Alexander because per this Alexander, <laughs> I mean, you know, can't lose. Can't yeah, lose. <laughs> the evidence is clear. So, thank you guys so much for your support. Thank, <laughs> thank all you of so you. Much for being here if you want to spend more time with us you can follow us on instagram twitter facebook tiktok and youtube at they will kill you can email us at they will kill podcast at gmail.com you can go to our website they will kill dot com <laughs> there's no <laughs> ah, just dot com uh-uh, just yep. dot com uh rate review subscribe to us please yes please Big help. yes huge help please god we'll do it we love it and thank you, AJ Bergans, for your music. Thank you so much. And remember. So I was thinking about this and uh, I don't, you know, late night thoughts. And I was thinking about, you know, people in power that we have elected through this fucking dumb system that we set up a long time ago. And, you know, when when people who make laws um, are on the verge of taking away rights. So I was specifically thinking like, okay, it's okay to give people more rights, but to restrict rights, I feel like if you're going to do that, you should also have to be able to do a round off back handspring. <laughs> yeah. Right? Bare minimum. Yes. If you're able-bodied, obviously there would be a sliding scale for people who are older or who are infirmed or do do not have the physicality to do a round off back handspring. But I just think it's a fair trade. I think it's a fair trade off. If you're like, okay, guys, we're going to take away women's rights, but we're going to have to get together and all learn how to do a round off back handspring. <laughs> Supreme Court, Congress. <laughs> House of Representatives, local <laughs> representatives, yeah. and then we all get to go and be like, okay, we're about to have our rights restricted, but at least we get to watch these old white men do round off backhand springs. Doesn't that seem like a fair trade off to you? Sure. <laughs> because it would also, I, you know, how long is it going to take for all these people who have been checked off the list is healthy enough? You know, I imagine you could probably, if you practiced hard enough, do a round off back handspring well into your 60s or 70s. <laughs> but you have to try, you know? <laughs> I just feel like it's enough of a barrier to entry to get them to stop fucking restricting our rights. <laughs> totally. Re-election like, oh, no. is one thing. Having to do a round off back handspring is a whole other thing. It would also... Really help, like, check their... They're like, how badly do you want to do this? That's exactly what I mean. Could <laughs> right. I, Courtney, act, do a round off back handspring? Probably not. Probably not ever. I, I don't think no. that I could. So, no. you know, if I don't have the wherewithal to like figure out how to do that and do the training that it would require, I just shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be right. taking rights yeah. away from other people. No, no, completely agree. Thank you. So there yes. you go. I'm gonna present this legislation at our next assembly. Good. <laughs> hey we love you all so, so much. much thank you for being here we, we really love it i'm sorry for the doom fest that i just put you through um but i feel better so that's what really matters <laughs> okay good yeah i get to exercise it process it get it out there put it into oh, our Jesus. brains and hearts that's great <laughs> so sorry we love you guys we love you see you, see next you time. soon bye, -bye.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.